Six weeks ago, on November 7, 2023, an estimated 3,000 Hamas terrorists from the Gaza Strip broke through a barrier wall and attacked villages in Israel. The terrorists mercilessly murdered 1,400 Jews, including the elderly, women, children, and infants. The bodies of the Jewish victims were brutally disfigured. Over 200 Israelis were taken as hostages, including women and children and babies. They also took at least one pregnant woman and at least one Holocaust survivor. Hamas's savage attack was an act of war. Prime Minister Netanyahu responded by saying that Israel would destroy the terrorist organization Hamas. Israel began bombing Hamas positions within the Gaza Strip. About one week later, Israel began a ground operation to supplement the airstrikes. The United Nations has demanded a ceasefire. They say that Israel has killed over 10,000 people, over five times as many as Hamas killed. Some state that the people in Gaza are starving and have no electricity and the hospitals are overrun with dwindling supplies. Some claim that the Palestinians attacked because of Israel's oppression. Palestinians have repeatedly demanded a homeland, but Israel continues to withhold that aspiration from them. They continue to withhold uh, the Palestinians' natural, God-given right, their own state. Some say that the Palestinians will live peacefully with Israel when they're granted an independent state. So why is Israel continuing, continuing with the ground operation in the Gaza Strip? Why is Israel refusing to a ceasefire? Why doesn't Israel give the Palestinians a homeland? And this will this will all end. Are the Palestinians fighting for a homeland? If so, which homeland? Today, we're going to examine the Palestinian demands for an independent state because this is related to Israel's continuation of the ground war. Without understanding the history of modern Israel, it is impossible to understand this war or the political situation in the Promised Land. In 1922, after World War I, the League of Nations, which was the precursor of the United Nations, assigned the British government with the task of establishing a Jewish homeland in the land, which the British referred to as Palestine. The League gave Britain a directive and authority, a mandate to establish a Jewish state. The land in which the Middle East, the land in the Middle East became known as the British Mandate. The International Body of Nations applied mandates as a way of temporarily administering territories that were not self-governed. Great Britain was given jurisdiction over the land that now comprises Israel and Jordan. According to Jewish Virtual Library, the League of Nations decided a few months later, in September 1922, that the land east of the Jordan River would not be designated as part of the future Jewish state. The land east of the Jordan River was set aside for the Arabs who lived in the area. It would later become known as the Kingdom of Jordan. That land was three-fourths of the land that originally made up the British Mandate. So the Arabs not only were given a homeland out of the land designated as a British Mandate, they received the lion's share. This Arab nation would be in addition to the dozen surrounding independent Arab nations. And yet, the Jewish people still had no home. In 1947, the United Nations voted to divide the remaining British Mandate into two separate nations, one for Jewish citizens, one for Arabs. This was after intense negotiations and demands by both Jews and Arabs. As the vote for partition drew close, it became increasingly obvious that the Arabs would not agree to any Jewish nation in the Middle East. The Jewish Virtual Library records that, quote, Jewish agency representatives David Horowitz and Abba Eben 
made a last-ditch effort to reach a compromise in a meeting with the Arab League Secretary Azam Pasha on September 16, 1947. Pasha told them bluntly, The Arab world is not in a compromising mood. It's likely, Mr. Horwitz, that your plan is rational and logical, but the fate of nations is not decided by rational logic. Nations never concede. They fight. You won't get anything by peaceful means or compromise. You can perhaps get something, but only by the force of your arms. We shall try to defeat you. I'm not sure we'll succeed, but we will try. We were able to drive out the Crusaders, but on the other hand, we lost Spain and Persia. It may be that we will lose Palestine, but it's too late to talk of peaceful solutions. End quote. The Jewish people and the Palestinian Arabs were each offered about half of the remaining land of the British Mandate. The proposed land division for the two states appears, at first glance, to include very bizarre borders. In some parts, the Jewish homeland would only be a dozen miles wide. Again, the Jewish virtual library records, these boundaries were based solely on demographics. The borders of the Jewish state were arranged with no consideration of security. Hence, the new state's frontiers were virtually indefensible. Overall, the Jewish state was to be comprised of roughly 5,500 square miles, and the population was to be 538,000 Jews and 397,000 Arabs. So, 500,000 Jews and 400,000 Arabs. The Arab state was to be 4,500 square miles with a population of 804,000 Arabs and 10,000 Jews. Though the Jews were allotted more total land, the majority of that land was in the desert. The Jewish people accepted the United Nations offer. It was the only offer we had. The Arabs, however, declined. Not only did they decline, they declared war on Israel, as they had promised. The UN, we know the results of the war. Israel won that war of independence. The UN offer for a homeland for the Palestinian Arabs was over 75 years ago. That was not the only offer made to the Palestinians for a homeland. In 1993, President Bill Clinton presided over a White House ceremony as Israel Prime Minister Yitzhak Rabin and the Palestinian Liberation Organization's Yasser Arafat signed the Oslo Accords. It was a declaration of principles indicating that Israel and the Palestinians would officially recognize each other as political entities. It required the PLO to stop conducting acts of terrorism and for the PLO to change its official charter, which called for Israel's destruction. The Israeli Knesset ratified the Oslo Accord the following week. However, the PLO did not ratify the Oslo Accord due to lack of support amongst the Palestinians. The Palestinian leaders refused to sign what Yasser Arafat had agreed to. They refused to say that they would no longer conduct acts of terrorism. They refused to acknowledge Israel's right to exist. In 2000, in the Camp David summit, American President Bill Clinton tried to negotiate a two-state solution. Palestinian leader Yasser Arafat, again, was offered 92% of Judea and Samaria by Israel Prime Minister Ehud Barak as well as 98% of the Gaza Strip. In addition, the Palestinians would be given sovereignty over part of Jerusalem and the Temple Mount. Israel was offering about half of their nation to Palestinians. Arafat refused the offer for an independent Palestinian state. In 2008, Prime Minister Ehud Olmert offered Arafat 94% of Judea and Samaria. The remaining 6% of land, which had a significant Jewish population, would be kept by Israel. But another section of land would be given to the Palestinians in exchange 
for the 6% retained by Israel. Under the agreement, Israel would be under, Jerusalem would be under international control. Again, Arafat refused the offer for a separate country. Arafat said that all the land of Israel was his, and he would not settle for anything less than everything. Israel had repeatedly offered to give about half of its nation to the Palestinians, but the Palestinians have refused. In 2005, the United States convinced Israel to give the Gaza Strip to the Palestinian Authority. And for the past 18 years, since the Gaza Strip was given to them, the Palestinians have governed that land, the Gaza Strip. It's about 40 by 20 kilometers, about 25 by 12 miles. And since Israel handed over the land, the Palestinians have launched tens of thousands of missiles, rockets, bombs, and mortars at Israel. There have been 10,000 missiles launched at Israel in the past few weeks. Besides over 1,000 this past May, there were 1,000 missiles launched last year and over 4,000 in 2021. There's seldom a month when at least a few missiles are not launched at Israel in the Gaza, from the Gaza Strip. Many weeks we see dozens of missiles fired at Israeli towns. Not only has Gaza launched missiles at Israel, terrorists would secretly leave the Gaza Strip and attack, kidnap, and murder Israelis. The Palestinians built a tunnel system under the Gaza Strip to accomplish this. The tunnels would originate in Gaza, often in private homes or schools and in hospitals, stretch under the Gaza wall, and the tunnels would open up in Israel. Israel built a wall around the Gaza Strip because so many terror attacks were taking place on its people. So Israel's been attacked from Gaza repeatedly and frequently since Israel gave Gaza self-rule. And now they ask, please give us our own nation. Let's shift our focus to the present situation. On October 7th, 2023, an estimated 3,000 Hamas terrorists broke through the wall and left the Gaza Strip and invaded Israel. The Palestinian terrorists attacked Israeli villages. The terrorists beheaded children. They burned Jewish people alive. Some children were found with burn marks and straight lines on them, and it was determined at autopsy the children were put in ovens and burned alive. Because of the ashes that were found deep in the lungs of the children, the doctors determined that the children were still breathing when they were burned in the ovens. They were burned alive. They were not killed first. They were burned alive. Women were raped repeatedly. One woman was mass raped and then had her arms and legs cut off. 240 men, women, and children were taken hostage back into the Gaza Strip. 1,400 people, Jewish people, were slaughtered. Many of them had their bodies cut into pieces. Women were raped even after they were killed. One Hamas terrorist used a cell phone from one of the victims and called his family back in Gaza to let them know about his accomplishment. With great joy, the vicious terrorist told his father he had killed 10 Jews. With excitement, he said, I have blood in my hands. The father replied that he wished he could see it all. The terrorist then asked his father to hand the phone to the mother of the terrorist so that she could be proud of her murderer son as well. The parents thanked their God that their son had slaughtered Jewish people. Hamas terrorists took videos of the attack using head cameras and posted films on the internet. They actually posted videos of their murders on web pages and Facebook pages belonging to the victims so that all the victims' friends would see the victims being tortured and mutilated and killed. Israel had been under attack from Hamas terrorists for years. Because of Hamas's despicable crimes, Israel realized that they must destroy the terrorist organization completely. 
Israel has been bombing the Gaza Strip and now his soldiers inside the Strip because they have been there destroying military supplies and seeking out terrorists. Many people have said that Israel has killed more people in this war than the Palestinians did. Why doesn't Israel stop now? They've got their revenge. Firstly, Israel has demanded that the Palestinians release all the hostages before the war comes to a ceasefire. Hamas has refused. In fact, the video was posted that went viral in the Palestinian-controlled parts of Israel, showing about a dozen Israel hostages, all small children in individual cages, cages that you will put animals in. The cages are stacked on top of each other, and a man can be heard laughing at them. These cages are just about two feet high, so the some of the children can't even stand up, and the man's laughing at them. Israel has stated that the video was made for psychological warfare. Israel has not been able to confirm that the Israeli children are actually being held in cages. Hamas has indicated that they would let some of the hostages go, but not all. So does Hamas want the bombing to stop? Then let the hostages go. Also, Israel does not stop because the Palestinians have promised and vowed that they will not stop their war, regardless of what Israel does. On October 24th, Ghazi Hamid, an official with a Hamas terrorist organization, gave an interview to Lebanese TV. He said they are, quote, called a nation of martyrs and they are proud to sac- and that they are proud to sacrifice their children as martyrs. Israel is a country that has no place in our land. We must remove that country because it constitutes a security, military, military and political catastrophe to the Arab and Islamic nations, and it must be finished, end quote. He also added, quote, what happened on October 7th is just the first time. There will be a second and a third and a fourth because we have determination to resolve and the capabilities to fight, end quote. He said the occupation must come to an end. And the Lebanese TV interviewer asked for clarification. He asked, does that mean the annihilation of Israel? Hamas spokesman said, yes, of course. Another Hamas leader, Kahil al-Hayab was interviewed by the New York Times. The terrorists explained that the surprise attack and massacre was necessary, an attack in which more Jewish people were murdered on that one day, October 7th, 2023, than on any day since Hitler's Holocaust in World War II, an attack that was proportionately 10 times deadlier than what the United States experienced in the September 11th, 2011 terrorist attacks on New York and its Pentagon. That attack was necessary. The terrorist added, quote, this battle was not because we wanted fuel or laborers. He added, it did not seek to improve the situation in Gaza. The battle is to completely overthrow the situation. The group's leader praised the operation, hoping it will set off a sustained conflict that ends any pretense of coexistence with Israel. Quote, I hope that the state of war with Israel will become permanent on all the borders, that the Arab world will stand with us. Quote. In the interview, the spokesman for Hamas said, quote, we are not ashamed to say this with full force. We must teach Israel a lesson and we will do it again and again. End quote. Hamas has repeatedly threatened that they will continue to repeat the massacre, the attack that happened on October 7th. They will rape, they will kill women, they will burn children alive. It will happen again and again. And they've repeatedly said this. So some countries and individuals are demanding that Israel stop fighting now. But the leaders of Hamas vow they will never stop. 
they will repeat their monstrous slaughter of women and children. Hamas is classified as a terrorist organization by the United States and England and other countries. Hamas is funded by Iran. Hamas has asked Hezbollah to attack Israel from Lebanon. Hezbollah is another terrorist organization that is also funded by Iran. Both organizations have called for the complete obliteration of Israel and all Jews everywhere. Some people think Israel is getting revenge for the actions of Hamas on what they did on October 7th. But this is not this is not the reality. Israel is not seeking revenge. Israel is trying to stop an enemy who has vowed in the past and continues to vow today that Israel will be destroyed. They have shown, the enemy has shown, Hamas has shown that they would stop at nothing. Nothing is so low, nothing is so heinous that they would not do it. The attack last month against Israel was calculated, it was planned, it was not an accident, and it represents the principles of Hamas. Israel has demanded that Hamas release all the hostages prior to a ceasefire. The hostages include over 30 children, and several of the children are under the age of six. Only one child, and one child is only nine months old, but Hamas refuses to let them go. In a televised statement, Hamas leader Ismail Haniyeh announced, quote, We are ready for political negotiations for a two-state solution with Jerusalem as the capital of Palestine, end quote. The head terrorist added that the process can only begin after ceasefire begins and more aid is brought into Gaza. More aid. Israel has already sent in 200 trucks of supplies and the missiles fired out of Gaza into Israel continue every day. Hamas has stores of food and fuel that they have seized from UN schools and they've kept back from civilians. But we need more aid. How much aid did the United States give Nazi Germany during World War II in the midst of the war? How much did they give them? And we should give you aid. How much aid did the United States give Afghanistan during the war to destroy the masterminds of the September 11th attacks? But you demand aid? And then you demand a homeland with Jerusalem as the capital. Even though Hamas vows to continue to fight till Israel is destroyed, you demand Israel give up half the land of Israel so you can repeat the October 7th massacre? Does this sound like a sane offer of peace? Why is Israel fighting this war? Israel is fighting for survival, not for revenge, but survival, because the terrorists have declared they will not stop the war. In previous wars, ceasefires were declared, and the terrorists continued to fire missiles at Israel even days after the ceasefire went into effect. Why don't surrounding Arab nations want to take in Palestinians? Lebanon did that years ago, and the Lebanese government was overthrown by the terrorists. For all practical purposes, the nation of Lebanon no longer functions as an independent nation. It is run by Hezbollah, another terrorist organization. Jordan has refused. Egypt has refused because they don't want their countries to be destabilized. Israel has blown up some of the terrorist tunnels. There are over 500 kilometers, 300 miles of tunnels under the Gaza Strip where terrorists hide their weapons and their chief terrorists. Egypt has blown up some of these tunnels in the past because they don't want the terrorists coming into their own country. And we should give you a homeland. We should give you half of our land. As it is, Israel gave Gaza to the Palestinians. And how were they rewarded? Tens of thousands of missiles have been launched at us. And if we give you the re- some more land, if we give you half of our nation, what will happen? More missiles will come. You have already said you are not satisfied till Israel is obliterated, till all Jews are obliterated. We're going to turn to Romans chapter 13, verses 3 and 4. 
For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt praise of the same. For he is the minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid, for he bears not the sword in vain. He is the minister of God, a revenger, to execute wrath upon him that does evil. Judaism teaches that God expects every nation to set up governments and courts to bring law and order. The Bible says governments were set up to protect the innocent and to punish the wicked. And that is what Israel is doing. That is why this war is continuing.